don't get me wrong, we love being at Wellington and Dundas for London Live every single day. Love it. Some of the most beautiful radio studios you've ever seen. If you ever get a chance for a tour, please take the tour. But I don't know. Today, we happen to be in the Kamokas, as Taz was calling it earlier today. And it's sunny. It's 22 degrees. There's a slight breeze. We're at Fire Rock Golf Club, where it's always absolutely picture perfect. You look around, you just feel relaxed. We're here for the London Knights Charity Golf Tournament, and we will be here throughout the afternoon. If you know a Knights fan who is not listening right now, shoot them a text and just say, hey, hey, you want to hear from some Knights? They're going to be on London Live with Mike Stubbs for the next couple of hours. We're going to be talking with Dennis Marook. He'll tell us some stories about being five foot eight in the NHL in the 70s and 80s and some of the things that you had to do to survive back then. This guy scored 60 goals in a single season, but he also survived it. How? Well, he's going to tell us. We'll talk with Victor Mete. You will hear from Robbie Thomas, who just won the Stanley Cup. He'll have to tell the story again about filling up the entire cup with Oreo Blizzard at Dairy Queen. This is what he did. And then people heard about it, and people were just showing up, and you too could eat Oreo Blizzard out of the Stanley Cup in Aurora. It was amazing. Mitch Vandesample is going to be on the show today. We'll meet Johnny Gruden. Johnny Gruden is a draft pick of the Ottawa Senators and will be one of the great storylines to watch as we go through pro camps in the National Hockey League because the Ottawa Senators have a choice. He could play in the American Hockey League, but if he comes to London, get ready. This guy can make plays. He was at the Summer Showcase with Alec Regula, who will also be on the show today. Barry Martinelli will be here. And we'll also talk with somebody who has left the London Knights organization. And if you know anything about the team, you know that they produce a lot of national hockey leaders. Well, they also produce people who go on other avenues as well. Joey Poljanowski is now part of Hockey Canada, and he will join us. But we get to kick things off on London Live with a guy who has worn the captaincy for the London Knights. He's won a Memorial Cup for the London Knights and now starts the next chapter of his career. Evan Bouchard. Evan, how are things? Great. How are things with you? I'm amazing. Have you been outside golfing this summer or just weight room strictly? Or what have you been up to? Uh, a little bit of both. I've been trying to golf. Um, I mean, Cliff gave us the idea that we should probably go golfing uh, yesterday to get ready for the tournament. So I guess uh, we golfed yesterday. But before that, I couldn't remember the last time I golfed. So are you, are you good? Because some guys, I don't know, you're a great athlete. We could hand you a basketball and say, Evan, let's see if you can dunk this. Or, you know, I'm going to run out there 50 yards. See if you can throw this football to me. And guys like you can do that. So does golf come naturally or is it kind of like ironing where it takes a while? Um, you know, a little bit of both. Uh, I, I thought I was a pretty good golfer until uh, Robbie Thomas, I guess, today told me I wasn't so wasn't so great. So I guess i got to rethink that a little bit. So wait a minute. You win the Stanley Cup and you can all of a sudden make judgments <laughs> on people's golf games? I guess so. You got to eat ice cream out of the Stanley Cup. So <laughs> <laughs> Now you have an opportunity one day to win the Stanley Cup as well. Do you start picturing just in case? It's, it's almost like if you go to an award show, you always have to have that speech in your pocket just in case. You never know. Do you, do you have to dream up different things to do? with the Stanley Cup or can you just wait till you win it? Um, I guess for me, I haven't really thought about it. I guess it's uh, kind of just wait till you win it and I guess see where things go from there. 
that old superstition is you can't touch it or you'll never win. So, mm-hmm. that's always Evan Bouchard with us. You're not going to be wearing the captain's seed for the London Knights anymore. People are going to have to get used to that. Congratulations on the career that you had with the London Knights. At the end of the season last year, you got to go to Bakersfield and play a little bit in the American Hockey League and put up all kinds of points. What was that experience like? It was great. Um, it was obviously a tough ending to the season with London, but then I think getting the opportunity to go to Bakersfield playoffs was uh, huge for me. You get to see what playoffs is like in the American Hockey League, you get to see what the hockey's like, and it was good to uh, you know get a taste of that kind of hockey. When you come into the Ontario Hockey League, you have a case where you're 16, a lot of guys outweigh you, they're bigger than you, and then, you know, you, you grow, you fill out, and you can start moving bodies around in the defensive zone. Was it that thing all over again, where all of a sudden these great big guys who are 25, 26 years old are out there, or, or is the game a little different now where you don't have to be moving bodies as much? Um, kind of a little bit of both. Um, you know, you go from playing against, uh, like you said, guys who are 16, 17 years old to, uh, you know, men trying to make up that next level, so it's kind of a different step I think it's um, you know trying to play it smart not always trying to move people I think it's just uh, more more positioning and being in the right spot before they are you have been to NHL training camps you've started a season in the National Hockey League you know what that experience is like is this year any different because now there is no going back to junior uh, yeah I guess so I guess um, you know you're, you're fighting for a spot now and uh, in pros um, you know, whether it's in Bakersfield or Edmonton or, or wherever it could be, um, I guess you're, you're fighting for a spot and you're fighting for everything uh, you have now. You don't have uh, you know, a backup plan kind of in, in London like that. Evan Bouchard with us on London Live. Tournament at Fire Rock Golf Club. Couldn't be a better day. There isn't an umbrella in sight. Last year at this time, you wouldn't have known that you could make the Oilers right away out of training camp. You wind up starting the year in Sweden. It was probably a complete flash to you at that point with how quick everything was moving. But what was that like? What are some of the things that you were able to do when you went to Sweden to play? Yeah, it was unforgettable. It's uh, you know, it's uh, obviously a huge step um, getting to play your first NHL game, but to have it in Sweden is. Uh, you know, a whole different story. So uh, getting able to uh, you know see Sweden, Germany, and you know to get to play a first game out there is, uh, is something I'll never forget. Did it make it different? I mean, you're not in front of necessarily the home fans, so it's not here come the Edmonton Oilers and everybody goes ah, or did they? No, it's uh, you're right. I guess it's uh, kind of a little less hype, which made it uh, you know I guess a little easier. So I guess uh, you kind of got eased into it uh, that way. What's it like being with the Oilers? I mean this. The team has such a rich tradition. You walk around, you see Stanley Cups. Wayne Gretzky is sometimes somewhere in the building. It, what's that like? It's it's crazy. You know, you kind of uh, see highlights and everything like that. And then to uh, get to go into the dressing room, see see all the accomplishments and awards, Stanley Cups, like you said, that they have. It's uh, you know, a winning organization. I think uh, th- there's a really bright future for the Oilers. It wasn't too long ago, and you and Robbie Thomas were coming into this organization as 16-year-olds and winning a Memorial Cup. How far away do those days seem? Uh, you know, it feels like it was just uh, the other day. I still remember the the time me and Robbie came to uh, to London. You know, took some pictures outside and stuff. So it's uh, it's kind of a crazy thing. We go back and laugh at those pictures that we took when we were sixteen. Well, here's hoping when St. Louis meets Edmonton this year, you can have a couple of dinners at least. Evan, best of luck with everything this year. Thank you very much, Evan Bouchard, Knights captain until last spring. The Knights will be selecting a new captain because he is off 
to pro hockey. We're going to talk with some other guys who have either been through pro hockey or are starting their careers. We've got a lot of stories that won't necessarily be all hockey-centric either. We're going to be able to talk with Barry Martinelli a little later on this hour. And Barry's had such a great tradition in the sport of hockey sure but in this area head coach of the western mustangs with some amazing teams back in the mid 90s and has always been a part of the hockey community his son ryan martinelli played for the knights won a memorial cup and he is someone that keeps himself involved but he's going to talk about coaching in norway and how a guy is living in London, Ontario, and then all of a sudden, zoom, off to Norway to coach for a bit, where you're behind a bunch of guys on a bench that don't even speak the same language you do. How do you even do that? And we'll get caught up on Ryan Martinelli. Later on this hour, in about 20 minutes from now, we'll hear from Victor Mete of the Montreal Canadiens. Do want to wish the best for the firefighter who was released from hospital today. If you didn't hear that at 1 o'clock with Jacqueline LaBelle on 980 CFPL News, it was announced earlier today that the firefighter that has been in hospital since the explosion in East London was released and is now going home, which is fantastic news. We have heard that there have been more charges laid against the person involved in that crash, and that total is now up to 12. So more charges have been laid, and there is a court appearance coming next month. So we'll keep tabs on that, but we are in Kamoka at Fire Rock Golf Club. few clouds in the sky, which is... Absolutely perfect, but this this is a picture-perfect golf course. Not sure what it is that the London Knights do, but they have spectacular weather for this each and every year. And this might be the best weather yet. So just picture a whole lot of sunshine, enjoy a whole lot of hockey and sports talk. We'll return in just a moment. London Live on a Friday. This is Global News Radio 980 CFPL. Playing the Alec Regula one. We don't want to end the summer because it's not going to be over yet. You know how things have shifted in the world. September in southwestern Ontario. Can you remember September where it snowed? I don't, I'm sure it has, but I don't think so. At least not recently. It's usually pretty warm, right? But let's face it, this weekend, if you look towards Sunday, the Western Mustang football team starts their OUA regular season. That's Sunday at Laurier. They actually play their first home game on Labor Day, and that will be September 2nd at 7.30. They play Queens. So that's always one of those signals that it's kind of winding down. And then London Knights training camp begins, and it begins on Monday on the ice, and just before they kick off training camp, the London Knights are having their annual charity golf tournament. It's in support of St. Joseph's Hospice, and that's taking place today. And that's where we happen to be. So we have an opportunity to talk to all kinds of NHLers, former NHLers, London Knights. We're going to tell some stories throughout the show today. And I want to start after Evan Bouchard with a guy that had an opportunity to see hockey pretty close up right from a very young age. Alec Regula, you may know that his dad is an amazing dentist and is a guy who was actually a dentist for the Lions, the Tigers, 
you want to say bears all of a sudden. We don't have circuses in the world anymore, which is a good thing. But lions, tigers, and red wings. And Alec, we'll ask him in a minute how it was that he gravitated maybe more toward the red wings than he did the lions because he has six foot four over 200 size i mean this guy has tight end maybe written all over him or you know certainly tall linebacker wide receiver he could be any of those things and he's athletic enough or how come he wasn't swinging and hitting baseballs over walls gravitated toward the sport of hockey and there have been so many strange things if you're someone who likes to believe in fate you could make a movie about Alec Regula's life. You could write an entire book because Alec Regula, again, grew up in the Detroit area and would have watched the London Knights play the Plymouth Whalers, didn't live too far away from there. And what he did was he started playing hockey. He actually got out of AAA hockey. So if you know someone who's on a, a path of playing high-level hockey, playing AAA, he was doing that. And he decided, you know what, I, I don't really like the intensity that exists and, and kind of what's going on in, in the AAA that he was playing. So he decided to get out of that, play high school hockey with his brother. And he won't tell that story right now, but it was an amazing experience for him. They won a championship, got to play with his brother, and still wound up on the radar to go and play with the Chicago Mission. And he did that, and next thing you know, he winds up with the London Knights. And it just so happens that Basil McRae, one of the co-owners and a former London Knight, when he was playing with the Red Wings, he was a guy who every once in a while the gloves would fall off and there would be arms swinging. He was a guy who, in a fight, lost a few teeth one night. And when he laid back in the dentist chair after that game, because you lose some teeth, you don't leave the game, he was worked on by Alex's dad and ended up drafting Alec years later. So there have been all these little twists of fate all the way through Alec Regula's life. Well, we got to talk to him about another one of those, but first we began with the summer showcase for the World Juniors. Dale Hunter and Mark Hunter were there. Connor McMichael and Liam Foody of the London Knights were there, and Alec Regula was there with Team USA. Now, he wasn't able to play because of an injury at that point, but we asked him what the summer showcase was like. Yeah, it was definitely good. I mean, even though I wasn't playing, it was just they told me they wanted me to come down and, uh, you know, just kind of meet the guys. And it's good to see some of those young guys, some of those old ones. And, uh, you know, I was there last year, so not really show them the ropes, but uh, just kind of meet them more for a say. You know, if I end up playing on the team, just to kind of already have already have that kind of, you know, bond from that. So it was good to kind of get that out of the way and uh, hang out with those guys for a couple of days. And they're all, it's a great group of guys, so... Um, it was really fun being down there, and you know I work out with a lot of the a lot of the Canadians, so uh, like Valeno and those guys. So I, I was able to see them too, and and it was just really great that it was uh, right in my hometown there in Plymouth, which was unbelievable. You know, I mean the year before I, uh, I had uh, two flights, six hour and a one hour connection, and a three hour bus ride to British Columbia, Kamloops. So I was I was really happy that it was right in Plymouth. So, but all in all, it was a good time for sure. How much time did you spend at that rink as a kid playing? Oh man, it was pretty much my uh, my entire minor career. I know I played like four or five years for CompuAir there, and uh, it was crazy. I, I mean, I was there every single day, every every uh, I think three times a week for six years of my life. So uh, a lot of memories growing up there, and uh, you know, it's it's one of those rinks that you know 
I'll always, it'll have, always have a kind of special place in my heart. You look at how well Finland played. Sweden was good. Canada was good. U.S. was good. There are a couple guys on the U.S. team. Cole Caulfield got a lot of kind of eyebrows raised over some of the stuff he can do. Can you explain how he does it, or does he just do it? I mean, it's one of those things where he just does it. You can't really... You can't even you can't really uh, explain it. It's unbelievable, and you, for a guy with his size, you know you don't expect him to be as as successful as he is. And I mean, you know he's just been he's he's kind of had that knock on him his whole career, and he, he plays with a chip on his shoulder, and he wants to prove people wrong. And that's another guy that I met there, and I mean he's a really good guy, and uh, he really wants to to succeed at every level he's at, and I'm sure he'll have a really great season at Wisconsin. And, I mean, like you said, some of those videos that, that you're able to see of him scoring those goals were just incredible. I mean, I can't believe I can't believe some of those shots. You know, sometimes you shoot to the puck and you're thinking there's no way I'd shoot that there, and they just go in. So, I mean, it's an, he's a really fun player to watch. U.S. hockey has been good for a long time, but it seems to be hitting a new level. You look at how many guys were drafted in the first round. You look at some of the high-end talent coming out. When you were growing up, obviously your dad had ties to all kinds of different sports. Lions had ties to the Tigers. What got you into hockey or other guys who were maybe your buddies? Like, what was it that, that said hockey over football or basketball or baseball? Yeah, you know, I think um, my dad never played hockey. I think that it was just uh, when he was the dentist for the Wings there, like you said, I think he just took a, he just took a real fascination of it. And uh, he, lo- he loves the sport and... Um, you know, I just they, my mom, and my dad would just take me out to Sunday skates when I was when I was really little, for like three, four years old, and I just loved it ever since. So I mean, that's... when you say Sunday skates, you're talking about being able to go and watch Steve Eiserman and Nick Lidstrom skate, right? Yeah, yeah, and yeah, I was able to. I was, I was really fortunate to be able to, uh, you know, be in the locker room after games, and you know, I met all kinds of guys like that. And it's funny that uh, Steve Eiserman's my boss now, because because uh, I got I got all kinds of pictures with him when I'm. When I was, you know, eight, nine, ten, eleven years old, so it's funny how that works, and and it's and it's really funny that uh, they re- they re-signed Filipula because uh, he was like my favorite growing up, and he, he wrote me a couple notes like "Good luck this season," and I got a bunch of pictures of him in my room. So it's funny now that uh, he's on the team, and I'm going to be going to camp with him, you know. And I was so little back then, but it's funny how things work. Could you have pictured like seriously? Could you have pictured the? This is the way life would play out. You've got, like you said, a guy who says good luck in your minor hockey season, and now, yeah, you guys are at the same training camp. I mean, it's crazy. I know that. Uh, I know there was some talk about them signing him last year, and it didn't happen. But I mean, I'll have to. I'll have to. I hope he remembers me. We'll see. But I mean, I'm sure. Will you mention that stuff? Oh, I'll talk to him for sure. I mean, I'm, I'm sure I look a little different now than I did then. And <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'll, I'll mention it for sure. I mean. We just, we, I was all, I remember after every game, I, you, you know, you had Chris Chelios in the locker room, you had Nick Lidstrom, Pavel Dotsuk, and all I wanted to see was Philip Pula, so <laughs> it was kind of funny how that worked, so I mean, I'll definitely have to talk to him for sure. And then you look ahead to this season with the London Knights, you've got a lot of young defensemen to mentor here, what do you think that's going to be like? Uh, it's going to be hard, you know, there's a, there's, there's a challenge in front of us for sure, and uh, you know, I'm, I just remember when I came in here my first year and I was young, and you know, Boosh and, and the older guys did a good job mentoring me. And, you know, I think uh, I've been here long enough where I can kind of step into that role and take these guys under my wing kind of and show them, uh, kind of show them the ropes. But, um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a big challenge, but it's going to be a lot of fun. And, and uh, 
you know, you know how the staff is with London. I mean, they're really excited. They accept challenges, and um, yeah, these, and, and these young guys really want to go to work, and they they all want to get better. So, I mean, that's that's pretty much uh, that's all you really need is if if they have that really good attitude and they all want to be better and they all are trying to push each other every day. Then you know, I think. Uh, whether whether they, they hit some roadblocks early or however it goes, I mean it's not going to be smooth sailing all the way. But I mean they're ready they're ready to get knocked down and get right back up. So I think it's going to be a fun year. Well, good luck there. Good luck at training camp. Who knows the way that your life seems to unfold. You'll probably get a locker a stall right beside Valtteri Philpoulos. So hopefully that happens. You guys can chat a lot. Yeah, for sure. I mean, hopefully one day we'll see. Good luck. Yeah. That is Alec Regula of the London Knights. See what I mean? Just little things happen. He grows up around the Red Wings. They wind up drafting him. And he probably will get that stall in training camp right next to Valtteri <laughs> Fulpula. So we'll see. Watch him. He's fun. The London Knights are at Fire Rock Golf Club. And we are enjoying a phenomenal day of weather, phenomenal day of golf. And we've got a lot more to come. Victor Mete is coming up in about five, six minutes from now. We'll also talk with Barry Martinelli, who has coached in Europe. His son Ryan won a Memorial Cup with the London Knights and has been playing in Europe basically after leaving Western. A lot of great stories still to come. Next up, we've got news. We'll get you updated on what you need to know. This is London Live on Global News Radio, 980 CFPL. Beautiful day at Fire Rock Golf Club. London Knights are raising money for St. Joseph's Hospice with their annual charity tournament. In just a few minutes, we're going to talk with Barry Martinelli, who has a long and very, very rich resume in the sport of hockey, especially in this area, but really around the world. And we'll talk a bit about his son, Ryan Martinelli. We'll certainly talk about his coaching career. And have you ever wondered how schedules are made in sports. They come out, they have to take into account, well, is this building open? And how many road games does this team have to play? How many home games can't have teams playing three and four and five days in a row? How do you do it? It's got to be a computer or a robot. Actually, it's Barry Martinelli. And I'm being serious. There are leagues in this area that without Barry Martinelli, they don't play any games because he sets up exactly when they're going to play their games. He will tell us that story in about 10 minutes from now. Victor Mete played for the London Knights throughout his career, won a Memorial Cup with the London Knights, and then almost as soon as he was able to, he joined the Montreal Canadiens. Shea Weber kind of looked over and said, I want to play with that guy as my defense partner. And Victor Mete is not the biggest guy in the world, but has such skill that even in the NHL level, he doesn't need to be the biggest guy in the world to be an incredibly effective defenseman. He's been a rookie in the NHL at 19. He's been a sophomore in the NHL. Now he is headed into his third year in the National Hockey League. So let's count this up again. He's not a rookie. He's not a sophomore anymore um we asked him does that mean you're basically a veteran yeah i know <laughs> i think uh, i'm getting there for sure i don't know maybe i'll still get uh 
rookied a little bit around just being younger guys still, but no, it's been good so far. <laughs> what has that been like, being as young as you are, moving into an area where you've got guys who've had families for just about as long as you've been around? Yeah, I know it's uh, it's definitely different, but I think it's pretty cool because you kind of get to see like how guys kind of handle themselves dealing with the families and playing at such a high level every day and how one day that could be me with a family and everything. So it's kind of cool to see the how they kind of go through and everything and how they handle everything. How high is the level? Can you explain how tough the NHL is? <laughs> I don't think so. It's pretty tough, but it's a lot of fun too. Everyone, when it's come to business, it's it's tough, but when you're having fun with the boys, it's a really good time. <laughs> Playing in Montreal, we can kind of hear things coming through TVs every once in a while <laughs> that sound really loud, that you just you can't imagine the crowd. What is that crowd like? No, it's crazy. We definitely have the best fans in the league, I think. Like When you score a goal, the whole place goes nuts. You can't even hear anything. So, no, the fans are unreal. And it starts early, doesn't it? It starts even before the anthems. Preseason, too. It's They're going crazy before the anthem. Yeah, all, all game long, they're, they're chanting, so it's pretty crazy. Being able to, to play, I guess, on an everyday basis, do you get into a rhythm, a routine? Is it? Can you feel that, or is it, is it a grind? No, oh, it's definitely uh, you find your routine, and uh, but it is a grind, too. But uh, once you get the routine going, kind of settle in and everything from the beginning of the season, it's kind of... Same thing every day, so it's pretty good. Best road city to visit, because now you've been able to be through them a couple times. Where, where do you like to go? I think Vegas. Yeah? <laughs> yeah, Vegas, Nashville, all the hot, nice places. Now, do you stay outside the city in Vegas, or do you stay downtown? No, we stay right downtown, so it's okay. uh, nice to walk around, and obviously now I'm 21. <laughs> Victor Mete. So now 21. And he's a guy that can go into some of the venues that he couldn't get into before. Playing in the NHL at 19 and 20 years old, it's pretty wild to think about what he has been able to do. And if you're looking for one of those breakout guys, he's still looking to score his first goal. And, it, you know, it's almost it's so reminiscent of the way that this guy played when he joined the London Knights. He was such a great offensive player in minor midget. But when he came to the London Knights, he learned the defensive side of the game. He almost put that offense aside. In the NHL, it's almost like he's done the same thing again. So you want a guy who has a breakout year coming? He could very easily be that guy. He's one of the prettiest skaters to watch anywhere in the hockey world. Coming up a little later on this half hour, Will Ahead is going to join us. London native. Finished his OHL career with the London Knights and now has signed a one-way deal in the American Hockey League with Springfield, and they are a part of the Florida Panthers organization. So we'll talk with Will about that. Up next, Barry Martinelli, making schedules, coaching in Norway, and what his son Ryan Martinelli is up to. Just a few of the topics that we will get into as London Live comes to you live from Fire Rock Golf Club, the London Knights charity tournament of... 2019. This is Global News Radio, 980 CFPL. Barry Martinelli is a guy who has been a part of the London hockey scene for years and looks fantastic. He's now up to a point where he's out here at Fire Rock a couple of days a week working, and he's always got things going on. He was the head coach of the Western Mustang hockey team for a number of years, some glory days back in the mid-90s, and that team is getting set for another year. 
I was actually looking up last night. The London Knights play the Barry Colts pretty early in the season. And there's kind of a degree of separation story. If you look at Jason Wilms, he just became the 20th captain of the Barry Colts last year. And one of the Barry Colts captains is a guy named Matt Jedizitsky. He played for the Western Mustangs and tore it up as a rookie, helped them under Clark Singer, who was their head coach at that point and still is, helped them to win the University Cup, win a national championship in a game that went to triple overtime. And the trainer on that team, Chris Matten, who is now the equipment manager of the London Knights. Crazy degrees of separation. But Barry Martinelli can make degrees of separation seem very, very tiny in just about any part of the hockey world. And we had an opportunity to sit down and talk a little bit with Barry about his son, Ryan, who has had a fantastic hockey career since leaving the London Knights, and that actually happened quite a few years ago. But we started off just talking about Ryan, talking about Ryan playing in, in Europe, and that happening 13 years ago now. Well, you know what? It's amazing. Uh, I, I Just talking to some guys, Bob Martin was here, Jimmy Sandlock, so, so, so many uh, memories, but... You know, I, I said, I'm so thankful to the London Knights. You know, they paid for six years of his education. You know, he played there for three years. Actually, I just saw a video uh, of the game. Remember, he got that goal in Guelph, that overtime goal? Yes. And, and everybody was talking to me about it. It was on the Rogers, And they said, hey, did you see the goal? Like, you know, so stuff like that never le never ends, right? It, you know, but, uh, you know, he got a degree from Western, played for three years at Western. And the Knights paid for his education. He's been in Europe now. This will be his 10th year. He just signed a two-year deal in Slovakia. He's been in Italy, Germany, England, Ireland, Austria, Hungary, Norway, you know. Uh, he, so he rents? Uh, <laughs> You're not buying houses and no, every no, stuff. No, no, Everything's paid for. Everything's looked after. But now he's got his MBA. Uh, he played in Belfast, Ireland for two years in the British Elite League, which is uh, a way better league than it was, like, say, five, six years ago. So he's got an MBA. Uh, you know, so hockey's given him so much. So it's really nice to know that he's, he's, he's always wanted to play pro. This will be his 10th year. And he said, hey, Dad, if I could play 10 years of pro, man, he says this would, you know, be like a dream. So I don't know what he'll end up doing. Uh, you know, but at least now he's got lots of options, and partly because of his, his, his signing with the Knights for the Memorial Cup. You know, he's got a Memorial Cup ring. I mean, like, it's amazing. If you look at playing in each of those stops, how does he work contracts from year to year? How do you go from Italy to Hungary to Ireland? How does that happen? Well, originally, uh, it was me. Uh, I was actually looking for a place for him to play, and uh, we thought of going to Italy because we, he was trying to get his passport. And uh, so the guy that I contacted, I had played junior with in Sault Ste. Marie, said, listen, we're looking for a coach. So that's, I ended up going as a coach and brought him. And then when I went to Norway, I brought him to Norway. So that was the, the, the I was trying to help him and ended up helping myself too and got to coach a couple more years in Europe, which was fun, right? Uh, and then after that, he, he hired a, an agent uh, who sort of works uh, for him and, and uh, you know, not making tons of money like NHL money type of thing, but you know, it's still you're playing hockey for a living, uh, and his agent now sort of sets things up for him and 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 works works the deals out. And MBA, so transition to life when he wants it to should be pretty seamless. Well, I had a really good friend that uh, working in Boston, and when he found out, uh, and he hires hockey guys, 
he's a financial guy in, in Boston, works for, uh, uh, geez, Fiera Capital. So anyway, uh, he met with Ryan one weekend. Ryan was him and Han about going back to school. I thought, oh, it's too hard. And this guy met with him. He said, listen, you get your MBA. He says, you got a job, Boston, Montreal, New York, Toronto. He named about five cities. And now they just, they just purchased a, another company in London, England. So he said, I've got five places where you can work. If you get your MBA, he says, you got a job. So that sort of convinced Ryan that, hey, maybe going back to school is a great idea. And, uh, you know, ho- the, the, the fact that hockey paid for it, just amazing. We're talking with Barry Martinelli. Barry, let's talk about coaching in Italy. I mean, you know a little Italian, but yeah, to yeah. go to Norway, how do, how do you do that as a coach when you've got a lot of Norwegian-speaking players? Or unless maybe you know Norwegian, too. Well, I was I, I was in Norway in 92, and... Uh, hey! Dale, Dale Hunter has just arrived. Good to see you, man. Awesome, awesome. Talking European talk? Yeah, yeah. And coaching? Yeah? Yeah, yeah so I, I, was in, uh, I had a friend that was in Norway in 92... And he called me and said, listen, uh, I'm leaving. Uh, we're looking for a coach. I know you can get a sabbatical. Why don't you come over? So I went over, and I had a, a, a Norwegian assistant who spoke English and, and Norwegian. So he was, my, he was my translator. So I had a great time. And so 20 years later, uh, the guys, actually five of the guys that I played with uh, that played on the Norwegian national team were sort of had put together a sport committee to try to revitalize hockey in the area. And they called me up and said, listen, you got to come back. Uh, we need someone to help the development of hockey. And they knew my passion. And so I basically went back for them. It wasn't, it wasn't so much about coaching. It was about going back and helping guys that had played for me and, and trying to revitalize hockey in Trondheim. So it was a great experience. What is living in Norway like? Do you, do you bike to the rink? What do you do? Uh, you can. We live like a, a two blocks from the rink. And, uh, uh, you know, it's... it's, it's it's a great place, you know. It's 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 very much like Northern Ontario in the in the sense that uh, the the atmosphere, uh, you know, although we're close to the sea, but boy, is it expensive. It like uh, food. Uh, I mean, the good news was, you know, you got a house and you got a car, but if you have to pay for rent, oh man, you take up all your salary. Really? Oh yeah, it's crazy, crazy. But great people, great people. They're outdoors people. They're doesn't matter if it's raining or snowing. They're outside all the time. And I've got a lot of good friends. And actually, uh, Nancy and I, uh, my wife and I, are going back there next year for like a, a reunion. And I've uh, got a lot of great friends there. What's keeping you busy now? Well, um, I I still do a little bit of hockey stuff. Uh, I, I do uh, all the university hockey schedules, men's and women's. I've done that for, I don't know how many years, 20-some years. Uh, I do all the Junior B schedules in Ontario. Uh, I'm, I've got a bid in to try to do the Tier 2 Junior A schedules. Uh, so it keeps me busy during the year. I can't even imagine how busy that must be, arranging locations and making sure all that matches up. Is that what you have to do? Well, they, what I do is I send out emails to everybody, and they send me back all their information with their dates and stuff like that. I put it into a huge spreadsheet, and then uh, I, I organize the games, uh, and then I make sure I try to make sure every team plays two games a week, one home, one on the road. And everybody's pretty much got a preferred night, which is nice. And so I basically do the schedules. It takes me about, oh, I'd say about a month to do the three. Uh, and then another month to do the other. But I, I don't, I can work at it. I can be in Europe and I can be doing schedules. Um, I work uh, here part-time. Uh, I, the, the GOJHL is basically trying to get me. I was on the OHA board last year for a year. 
Uh, I'll probably work with, a little bit with the, the Junior B League, the GOJHL. I'll work with them a little bit, do some consulting, serve on some committees, work out here, like I said, a couple days a week. I can, I can stay busy, you know, and, and, you know, the nice thing about hockey and London, you know, you, you know so many people. Uh, everywhere you go, they want to talk to you. Hey, what are you doing? Are you coaching anymore? No. I'd love to coach, but at the end of the day, I, I like that a little bit of the freedom. I got a son. My youngest son uh, is a chef in Banff. So I go, I go see him for a month a year, and we go skiing. So I go to, I'll go to Slovakia for a month this year, and and spend time with Ryan. So man, I, you know, you try to enjoy everything. That's amazing. Well, Barry, thank you. This this has been a lot of fun, and enjoy everything you're doing. Oh, thanks so much, Mike. I, I listen to you. I come to some games. Uh, we miss it, you know, but uh, it's so nice to see. Uh, I mean. The run that the Knights have been on, it's like a 20-year run. It's just been amazing, man. I, I, and and I, I'm, as a family, I know uh, we're very thankful for what they've done for, for, for our kids. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's really nice to see an event like this. That is Barry Martinelli, former coach of the Western Mustang men's hockey team. And you saw, I said, he had a very rich resume in the sport of hockey. It continues to be built to this day. We'll take a break on London Live. Next up, you'll hear from Londoner and former Londonite, Will LaHead. This is Global News Radio, 980 CFPL. We are in the Kamokas, as Taz called it earlier. I like that. In the Kamokas, because it kind of feels like that. This is kind of cottage country sort of thing. If somebody was on a wakeboard somewhere nearby, maybe heading down a fairway, this would feel completely like a cottage. Instead, we are at a beautiful spot, Fire Rock Golf Club, the London Knights annual charity golf tournament. We have been able to hear from Victor Mete so far, Alec Regula. We just spoke with Barry Martinelli. Still to come, you'll hear from Dennis Marook, Johnny Gruden, Mitch Vandesampel. We'll talk with Joy Poljanowski, who has gone from the London Knights to Hockey Canada, has some great stories, just got back from the Ivan Halinka tournament. It's amazing to know what costs more than, say, soft drinks in the Czech Republic. It would be a thing like a soft drink. Ice and water, more expensive and really a difficult thing to get in the Czech Republic. We'll find out why that is a little later on. We'll have a drop-in from a Stanley Cup champion, I promise that, and who knows who else we will run into. Right now, we get an opportunity to talk with Will Lehead, a Londoner, who ended his OHL career with the Knights last spring and then signed with Springfield of the American Hockey League. And we asked Will to take us through how all of that came together. Yeah, so at the end of the season, went up uh, with Columbus's affiliate Cleveland um, and then didn't get into any games there, but practiced with them for a month. And then uh, after that finished up, I got a call from Florida and they invited me down to their development camp. And then they uh, offered me a contract out of camp. Now, did anything happen to that development camp where you went, man, I'm, I'm playing all right. Like, this, things are going okay. Did, could you feel that? I just went in with the same, like, playoff mentality that uh, we had against Guelph. So I, I felt that transferred over well and that uh, I was ready for the, the camp. So how do you find out that they're going to sign you? Do they just call you into a room? Do you hear from an agent? What happens? Um, yeah, so they had exit meetings with everyone. So um, Dale Talon offered me the contract and I was pretty ecstatic about it. 
Now, when people hear, well, one-way contract, two-way contract, sometimes, you know, that, that gets lost in translation. But one-way contract, that's, that's big. Like, that's, you know you're there. How, you know, how important was that for you to, to see that or hear that from Dale Talon? Yeah, it's nice. Just good uh, opportunity. And then just got to show them uh, what I can do when I get to camp and just prove myself sort of what I did in uh, the OHL. It's just good opportunity, foot in the door, and then, go from there you start talking to guys who played in the american league who you know to get pointers or do you just go in and do what you do yeah there's a good group of guys who trained uh in london over the summer so i've been talking to them sort of getting a feel for what the uh, american hockey league's like and sort of what the big steps are and uh just like the overall lifestyle of it it's amazing the skate that gets put together the guys who are out there you've got olympians you've got mvps heart trophy winners i mean they're on the ice do you ever pick their brain a little yeah. bit as to maybe why they moved one way or why they did something else, that kind of thing? Um, yeah, here and there. There's a ton of guys out there. There's, I think I was counting the other day, there's 12 or 13 guys who played in the NHL the previous year. So there's just a lot of talent out there, and you can just watch and see what they do. That makes them such great players. Kind of gets you up to speed, though, for training camp. Oh, yeah, the pace is really high, so it's, it's perfect. It's nice, too, that it's in the hometown of London. Whereas some guys, they have to move to London and uh, leave all their friends and family back home and take the whole summer off and stay uh, in London where, since I'm from here, it's nice and easy. Man, it's amazing the difference a year makes in the transition of a life. Like, last year, we would be talking, you were at Western, set to pursue a career, maybe in the, the CIS, get a degree. Now, now this has changed. What's that been like? Yeah, it's been awesome. I'm uh, really happy for the opportunity that the Hunters gave me. I can't thank them enough. I uh, came into the organization. couldn't be happier with what uh, they offer and how much they helped me develop over this past year. Were there little things that you learned, little things you picked up that you can now put into your game? Yeah, there's multiple things. I, every day you would learn something new at the rink. They did a ton of video. And w- one thing that they did differently from a lot of teams is they did video of NHL clips from the night before. So we do that, see what the top end players are doing, just little small things, but things like that make you a better player and get you to the next level. Well, you're at the next level. Good luck there. Thank you. London's own Will Lehead, who will play this year in the American Hockey League after completing his OHL career. News is next. This is Global News Radio 980 CFPL. Did you already post on FM? We are at Fire Rock Golf Club. And we are talking a little more hockey this hour. Summer is ending. Ice is in buildings. It'll be okay, though. It'll be all right. This summer thing, that comes back. And September, eh, it'll stay warm for a little while. So we get the best of both worlds for a little while. Good luck to the Western Mustang football team this weekend. They start defense of their second straight Yates Cup. They will be at Laurier, and then the Mustangs will, or the London Knights, sorry, will start training camp on Monday afternoon. And their first on-ice session will take place at 2.30 at Budweiser Gardens, and that is free to attend. There are two sessions, one at 2.30, one that begins just after 4. They've got about 80 players, and the way that they work training camp, they divide those 80 players into four teams of 20. They scrimmage for a couple of days. Then they'll reduce the roster, and once they do that, 
they will have a green and gold game on Wednesday night, and they'll be taking charitable donations, but you can come in for free, and you can watch some of the young players who are still in camp. And then one week from tonight, the Knights play their first preseason game against the Sarnia Stings. So we'll talk about that sort of stuff in just a little while. Don't forget the Blue Jays are trying to put an end to a five-game losing streak. That's what happens when you have to play the Dodgers three games in a row. But they'll be doing that tonight in Seattle against Justice Sheffield. He's making his first start in the major leagues for Seattle. And he was a guy, if you remember James Paxton, he is a Canadian who no-hit the Jays last year. Don't worry about the no-hit part. But he was traded to the New York Yankees. This was one of the key pieces that the Seattle Mariners got in return. So it'll be interesting to stay up late tonight. Do that, because 980 CFBL will have coverage. The pregame show begins at 930. The Jays will be in Seattle all weekend long, and we'll have all of the action for you. And then one week from tonight, we will have the Knights and the Sting online at 980 CFBL. FPL.ca. Same thing a week from tomorrow. The Knights will be in Sarnia. So kids are getting set to go back to school. You have to do the shopping. You have to, do we even have the lists home yet? Anybody with kids, do we, you know you get the list from school, one Kleenex box, four rolls of paper towels, two red crayons. There's a big list that you have to fill out. I haven't seen that just yet. Need that. How much Kleenex does the classroom need? With the Ford government looking at making some changes, maybe we need a little bit more Kleenex this year. We need that list home. This hour, we are going to hear from Dennis Marook, who this past year was inducted into the Don Brankley London Knights Hall of Fame, along with Chris Taylor and Tim Taylor and Dave Lowry and Walt McKechnie and Robbie Shrimp. And Dennis will talk about smaller players in the NHL. And we'll get him to look at the fact that right now it is maybe easier than it's ever been to be a smaller player in the NHL. Last hour we talked with Victor Mete. One day he'll have a teammate by the name of Cole Caulfield who will play for Team USA this year at the World Juniors. And this guy's amazing. But he's not big. But he is absolutely amazing. But it's never been a better time because that physicality isn't what it used to be. Fighting is draining out of the game. And you've got a whole lot more open space. It's about speed. And if Dennis Marouk had been playing now, he scored 60 goals in a season at a time when you had monsters hanging off you and knocking you around and hacking and whacking and making your life miserable. I don't know how many goals he could score now. But we'll hear from him a little later on this hour. We are also going to hear from Johnny Gruden, who will be one of the great stories to watch throughout Knights training camp and then, believe it or not, Ottawa Senators training camp because he's a draft pick of the Senators, and the Ottawa Senators could put him in a number of different places this year. He could play for them. He could play for the Belleville Senators in the American Hockey League or – he could play for the London Knights, and he happens to be at the golf tournament today. His dad used to play in the NHL. His dad actually led the Hamilton Bulldogs to their OHL championship a couple of years ago as their head coach and is a fantastic hockey mind, great guy. So Johnny Gruden will be here. And we'll talk with Londoner Mitch Van de Sample, who is now in the Islanders organization. And we'll look at what it's like to go from living at home or billeting 
to having to look after cooking your own meals. Mitch has said that's one of the things that he and his, his roommates with the Bridgeport Sound Tigers have had to organize. Cooking. He didn't realize how difficult cooking was. Well, I don't know if we'll get any recipes from Mitch Van de Sample later this hour, but we'll certainly talk some cooking. And then the other thing we will do is talk with Joey Poljanowski. It's almost that time of year again when training camps begin you can look around the NHL and you can count up the former London Knights. And it's a pretty unique exercise to undertake because it does show just how successful this organization has been at producing pro hockey players and NHL hockey players. The stat you have to look at, if you take all of the players that come out of the Canadian Hockey League, so that's the umbrella, and underneath it is the OHL, the WHL, and the Quebec Major Junior League. If you take all of the players that are drafted, you count them up, and then you average it out. You should produce seven, eight, nine players who are playing in the NHL at any given time. That's the average. The London Knights usually run somewhere between 28 and 32. So we're talking four times as many as the average. And while that's a, a really unique story, and it goes to how Mark and Dale Hunter run the London Knights, how successful they are, the hard work that they put in, I always say it. If you want to see the Knights' blueprint, just knock on the door and ask them. They'll show you this is what we do. The next phase of that is actually doing it actually being that committed working that hard and so all of that kind of pays off from an NHL perspective but it also pays off in other ways and we're going to talk with a guy in a little over a half hour from now maybe a little less than a half hour from now Joey Poljanowski who was with the London Knights first as an intern and then as an employee and behind the scenes in the front office and now has moved on to Hockey Canada. And so we'll go through that transition, where it's not necessarily about playing, but other members of the organization are moving from the organization and kind of climbing the ladder in the hockey world. So lots of things still ahead. We'll talk with Ryan Starr of the London Knights, kind of find out what the reaction has been to the new London Knights uniforms that were unveiled last week, to the change in the logo that the London Knights have. They do have one of the most recognizable, if not the recognizable, most recognizable logo in junior hockey. You can go anywhere in the world, and if you've done this, and if, if you haven't, you need to try it. If you're ever on vacation, go to the London Knights store or go to a store and just pick up a Knights hat, whatever it is, something with a logo on it. And then while you're on vacation, take that out. If it's a hat, put it on your head. If it's a shirt, don't put that on your head. But put it on and just wander around for a little bit. And guaranteed, you will have somebody say, oh, London Knights. And you'll think, really? Like, that's, that's how recognizable this brand has become? It's true. Scott Howard has my favorite picture ever. And it comes from North Korea. And Scott actually lives in China. And every once in a while, I didn't know this existed, but if you live in China, you can take a bus trip to North Korea. I don't know what time you get on the bus. I don't know how much paperwork there is to fill out in order to be on the bus. I'm not sure what Scott does in order to have the privilege to get to the bus. I, I know nothing of that. But 
he's been on the bus. And he has stopped in front of three apartment buildings. And the apartment buildings have these enormous posters. So picture an apartment building that's about nine stories. Actually, if you want to think about it from a London perspective, this is close enough. What are the ones at Oxford and Wonderland? They're about 12 stories. So picture those apartment buildings. So it kind of looks like that. There's a number of apartment buildings. Each one of them has an entire side covered in a poster of either Kim Jong-un or another member of the royal family. And it's nine stories high. And Scott is there in the picture taking a selfie. I don't even know if you're allowed to do that. Who knows how much risk he went through. But he has a selfie of him in front of these apartment buildings. And it's him wearing a London Knights hat. So the London Knights logo has even been to North Korea. So we'll talk about the change that has been made and how it's gone over with Ryan Starr in just a little bit. Ryan and Dennis Marook still to come this hour. First, we'll take a quick break. We are here at the London Knights Charity Golf Tournament at Fire Rock Golf Club. And it, again, is a beautiful day. It's clouded over a little bit, but it's, it's this is just nice weather. The humidity's gone and the sun has been shining throughout the day. The Knights are raising money this year for St. Joseph's Hospice. And London Live is live from this year's event. You're listening to Global News Radio 980 CFPL. Earlier today, we had some fun here at the golf course playing Sprinkler Head Trivia. We need to remind you, just in case this ever happens to you, if you find yourself... Here's what happens with sprinkler head trivia. If if you don't know about this, it's very rare. Uh, it hopefully is nothing you ever have to do in your life, but it's become a tradition here at the tournament on the FM 96 morning show with Taz and Jim for me to stand in front of a sprinkler, and they will ask London Knights questions. And I always ask, well, how many questions are we doing? And they always say, well, just, yeah, we'll, we'll just do some. We'll just do some. I learned today that they just have a whole list of questions and they will actually just do it until I miss. And that's the whole thing. See, I was naive enough to think that I could just survive sprinkler head trivia without getting wet. Uh, it's just designed to get me wet. So I stand in front of a sprinkler and they wait until I get it wrong. I missed this morning on the number of Mac attack goals that Connor McMichael scored. If you've never been to a London Knights game, here's something that they do each and every time. They put two minutes on the board, and if a London Knight scores inside that two-minute window, not a second outside it, not after it's done, if a London Knight scores in that two-minute window, everybody in the building gets a Big Mac. So it became a pretty popular thing last year, and I think they're bringing it back this year. The weird thing about it, we were talking with Connor McMichael of the London Knights going into the season, and Jim Van Horn happened to say, you know, you know you're training hard, you're, you're obviously watching everything that you eat, but if, if you have a cheat day, what do you like to do? And Connor right away said, McDonald's. I go to McDonald's. Absolutely. And when the Mac attack began, the first, I think it was six goals, were scored by Connor McMichael. And his name even has Mac in it. So Connor McMichael set kind of the mark for goals scored. 
And the question this morning was, how many Mac attack goals did Connor McMichael score? There were 11 last year. I thought he almost scored almost all of them. So I didn't. I had no idea. I don't know the answer to that. I said nine. Wrong. And I got wet. So if, if you're ever in a game of sprinkler head trivia and there's a sprinkler pointed at you and someone says, how many goals did Connor McMichael score? Um, the answer is seven. Just make sure you say seven. It'll keep you dry, especially if you have no change of clothes around. The other thing that we got to do this morning with Taz and Jim was talk with Dennis Marook. And let's take you back to that conversation right now. Stubbsy, you are standing next to a London Knights Hall of Famer. I certainly am. And a guy who scored 60 goals in the National Hockey League. Dennis Marook sporting the Washington Capitals alumni. Yeah. Huh? Good morning. How are things? <laughs> oh, everything's great. Uh, playing a little bit of golf and uh, just uh, was on a cruise for three weeks and uh, having to join the summer. Where'd you go? Mediterranean cruise, yeah. So we started off in uh, Barcelona, Spain for five days and then took a 12-day cruise all over uh, France and Italy so it's a lot of fun when you watch hockey these days what do you think of I mean money I, really is that what it is <laughs> is that hockey it's all money are you are you Come scouting on. are you scouting now Dennis? no 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 yeah just matter of fact in the in the end of September yeah hey that's yeah, fantastic yeah. so uh, some things with the Knights that'll be nice but uh, we'll see Tell us. No, some... the hockey today is, yeah, there's a lot of money in this. That's a young man's game, and it's uh, pretty wide open. Uh, you know, it's it just, the, it's exciting for the fans, and hopefully it continues going. You're a guy who's 5'9 and a half, 5'10. Right, yeah, my I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you 5'9. Five, 5'8, five, thank you. I love but it. But you played <laughs> wow. at a time when there were monsters on the ice, where it, it wasn't wide open for you, where, where they didn't give you the room to make the pass, maybe like guys get now. How did you do what you did, putting up as many points, scoring as many goals as you did? Skate fast and get out of the way. No, uh, no I, I think, as a matter of fact, I just heard a stat the other day when you are saying about the, the game. I'm one of one. I'm the only player that had over 100 points in a season and 125 minutes in penalties. That's awesome. <laughs> is that the, the record? Is that the survival part of it? Yeah, the 125 in penalties. I really was. I tell you, there wasn't too many games that I wasn't uh, sore. <laughs> I mean, I was. I had a target on me because I was a goal scorer and a playmaker and all that. And uh, you know, there's get that guy, get 21. So I just uh, fight through it and. Uh, Give it back, and next thing you know, when you give it back, you get a little respect, and you get more room. So I think that's what, and I had some great players to play with, too, as well, that, that really made things better for me. And in those days, you could give a little slash on the ankles. You could you could hit the wrists. I mean, how are your wrists now? Uh, they're okay. Uh, if they do it, did it today, what we did, they'd be in jail. <laughs> they'd be charged with the criminal assault. And that's, how, that's how bad it was then. I mean, we, I got crushed, experienced, slashed probably every game and uh, very few games that I did not and I had to give it back so you know that's why I think I ended up retaliating and getting penalties. Penalty what, was, what was the craziest building to go into because you got to play in Philadelphia in Chicago what, what was the craziest place to go into? I, I would say um, Philadelphia the Spectrum uh, their team was just that way. Uh, their fans it, are nice and loving oh, yeah, caring they, people no, but though, see, right? I, when I played in Washington they had the fans in Washington would go to Philly and when Philly came to Washington, they had fans of Philly come to Washington. We had brawls. A, a lot great of games. Rivalry, oh, brawls. Yeah. I think there was one time I had a, I have a little altercation with uh, Mr. Bob Daly, 
and he's what six six, and I'm five eight, and had a picture in the paper of me throwing a punch, and he's looking down. And I'm still about two feet away from me getting close to him. But that's just the way it was. I mean, Philadelphia Spectrum was a tough. Boston was another one because of the the ice box, a little small box, and they had of, of the NHL. The game has struggled a little bit. It's hot and cold because I've been traveling. I haven't played. Uh, I played uh, yesterday and drove drove in uh, last night. But uh, it's 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 erratic. But I'm, uh, I'm I enjoy it. That is Dennis Marook this morning on FM ninety six on the Taz Show, and he's someone who now is part of the first class for the Don Brankley London Knights Hall of Fame. There'll be another class inducted this year, and what the London Knights do is take a player from every generation, every decade, basically. So we'll see who winds up being inducted in this year's class, the second class. So it should be a very exciting year in so many different ways. We are going to talk with a guy who could be a part of it unless he finds himself in the National Hockey League or in the American Hockey League. Johnny Gruden will join us in a little over five minutes on London Live. And then a story about the Ivan Holinka wayne Gretzky tournament. And Joey Poljanowski will tell it to us. He was there with Team Canada. He's a part of Hockey Canada now. And you have to think of this. What would be one of the hardest to find and most expensive things in the Czech Republic? What would that be? What? Like, I, I have no idea. What, suits for the guys? No, it was not suits for the guys. It's probably not what you would expect. But one of the most expensive, hardest to find things in the Czech Republic. We'll have that answer for you. Mitch Van de Sample will do everything but give us recipe tips as we talk life after Major Junior, and we'll talk life in Major Junior as well with Mitch Van de Sample, who played for the Oshawa Generals. He's from London and then got to end his career as a member of the London Knights. So those guys and more still to come as we broadcast live from the London Knights Charity Golf Tournament of 2019. The Knights will be on the ice this year's edition starting on Monday, and that will be day one of on-ice sessions for training camp. And the first one comes up at 2.30 in the afternoon. Sometimes, and the Knights usually start their on-ice sessions on the Tuesday of that first week. They're going to do it Monday afternoon this week. So if you're heading there very early on Monday, you'll be too early. If you head there very early on Tuesday, you'll see some of training camp, but it will have started the day before. Thanks to Kelly Wong for all her help in behind the scenes as we are live on location. News is next. This is London Live on Global News Radio 980 CFPL. In Kamoka, where the breeze is blowing and the golf balls are absolutely flying, there's a putting contest right nearby, and the scores are starting to get pretty high. I'm not sure what the prize is for that, but this this is a tough tournament. I mean, if you're looking for longest drive and things like that, you've got guys who step up and hit the ball 300 yards. So, And some of them don't even play for the London Knights. There are some really good golfers here, and it, as always, is, of course, in just amazing shape. We are going to bring you every storyline that we possibly can as we head toward the start of the regular season in the OHL and in the National Hockey League. We're proud to be the home of the London Knights yet again on 980 CFPL. But 
one of the storylines that we can tell you about right now involves a player who is kind of getting his first look at London, and that is Johnny Gruden. Now, he spent some time not too far away from here visiting his dad, as his dad was the head coach of the Hamilton Bulldogs, leading them to an OHL championship going back two years ago. But Johnny Gruden was a draft pick of the London Knights and went the NCAA route last year, was drafted by the Ottawa Senators, and now is going to either be with the Ottawa Senators this year, with their farm club in Belleville in the American Hockey League, or could be playing with the London Knights themselves. And we had an opportunity to catch up with Johnny Gruden and ask him how the city of London has been so far. Oh, it's great. Uh, just meeting all the guys, the staff, um, they've been really welcoming to me. And, uh, you know, just looking forward to this uh, beautiful day of golf and uh, exhibition on Friday. How hockey-filled was your life growing up, with your dad having played in the NHL and then coaching? Was there hockey everywhere, or would we be surprised at maybe what it did look like inside the walls of your house? No, I was kind of born uh, born into it, but I uh, wouldn't really have it any other way. And I'm just so thankful to his support uh, along my, my whole life and whole career. But, um, yeah, he's always been supportive of me and my whole family, too. And um, you know, it's really thankful to have them around. He's had such great success and and things as a coach as you were growing up was he your coach a lot or was he not your coach uh he tried to be a little bit of both i mean you can't you can't really take the hockey side out of it just him him being with in the hockey world but i mean he tried to you know kind of separate the the two worlds and uh, he did a really good job of it and um, we needed the time he come to my practices and see uh, what i can work on and just give me some pointers but um you know outside the rink was you know do your homework you know how's school and stuff like that just being a normal dad when did you start to realize, you know, that this hockey thing, that there might be a future in it for you? I mean, it was probably an early age, uh, just being growing up with, um, you know, playing Little Caesars and Honey Baked and, um, you know, winning winning nationals my 14 my fourteen year, uh, year. That was probably the turning point. Maybe I could, you know, do something with it and talk to a couple of colleges. And, um, you know, that's kind of what really hit me that I could, you know, make, make a living out of this. Next thing you know, it's draft day, yeah. NHL draft day. Yeah. Ottawa Senators, call your name. Yeah. Take us back there. What do you remember from it? Um, not really remember much after my name was called, but uh, you know it was it was a kind of a you know whirlwind of a day, and you just taking all the interviews and you know kind of blackout for a bit. But um, you know, really thankful that the Sens picked me, and um, it was a great day to spend with my family and friends. We were talking with Alec Regula not too long ago about the showcase this summer. He wasn't able to be on the ice. You were on the ice. What do you remember from what was going on there? Um, you know, it was, it was good to be back um, back at USC Hockey Rink, and I played there for two years. But, um, you know, it was good to just put the jersey back on. And, um, you know, it's always fun playing against those countries, you know, especially the game against Canada. It's, it's kind of easy to get up for that game. And uh, it was funny to see uh, Foodie and uh, Coach Hunter across the bench, so it was fun. We mentioned the fact that growing up you played high-level hockey all the way through. When was the first international game that you played? Do you remember? Because not a lot of kids get to say, yeah, yeah, we're playing Canada today, or yeah, we're playing Sweden today. Do you remember when you did that for the first time? I did. It was uh, I was 16 years old. It was the Youth Olympics in Norway. Um, it was right before. It was my OHL draft year, and... Um, you know, it was uh, it was up in Norway with like it was Finland, Sweden, oh not Sweden, uh, Canada and um, and Russia, and that was probably my first experience of international hockey, and it was a different animal, but it was a lot of fun. But that wasn't like, hey, you were having a tournament in Boston, and there would happen to be an international team there. You kind of knew you were playing international flying to Norway. Exactly, yeah. You got the whole experience flying over there, getting jet uh, jet lagged, and. Um, I know, it was a lot of fun. Well, it's great to see you here. Best of luck with camp that is coming up and everything that goes beyond that. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it.
Good play for the London Knights this year. We'll see what the Senators have planned for him. He's a really talented hockey player. We'll take a break. Up next, Joey Poljanowski, a guy who came out of the London Knights organization, now working for Hockey Canada, has some great stories for us as we continue the afternoon at Fire Rock Golf Club. This is London Live on Global News Radio 980 CFPL. There are so many great hockey success stories that have the London Knights involved in them. Guys who have played for this team and have gone on to win the Stanley Cup. Robert Thomas, the latest one to do that, or have gone on to win the Hart Trophy like Corey Perry. But there are also the stories of guys who play for this team and go on to be very successful in the business world, in the healthcare field, you name it. And then there are the guys who kind of do both at the same time, where they're still in the hockey world, they're not on the ice, but they still go on to very big things. Misha Donskov is with the Vegas Golden Knights as their director of operations, started here with the London Knights. Joey Poljanowski is with Hockey Canada. He's the hockey operations coordinator with Hockey Canada. He's done the same thing. He didn't move in London across the city. He moved across the country where he's now based in Calgary, Alberta. And we talked with Joey about how Calgary has been. Yeah, it was uh, an unbelievable move, really. I drove out there. It was a three-day drive. And uh, I'll never forget coming in. You see the the, uh, city skyline with the mountains in the background. It was uh, pretty surreal. Um, and obviously Calgary is a beautiful city, a lot to do there. Uh, you know, I could, uh, I could skip the minus 50 nights, uh, degrees there. My car. So how many of those did you have? So uh, it was a funny story. Actually, when I first got there, it was in uh, second week of January and there was a Chinook coming through. So it was 15 degrees. It was fantastic. And then the next night after that, it was, uh, minus 48. So, uh, needs to say the car was parked outside and, uh, it didn't work after that. So, uh, right away it was a nice welcome to Calgary. Anyone who has ever made the drive across the country will know there are certain cities that you can see from a long way away. Regina's one, and you always think, I'm making great time. And then it still takes you an hour and a half to get there. Calgary's another one of those. Do you remember thinking, I'm making such great time, only to realize you weren't that close yet? Yeah, no, so exactly. We were. We actually went through the United States uh, uh, during the wintertime. We didn't want to go through Canada and risk that or anything. Um, and we got to Chicago, and I thought, hey, like we're going pretty quick here. And then it took us another day and a half to get outside of the Ontario as a parallel. And uh, I remember thinking we were at like parallel with Thunder Bay, and that was a day and a half in the drive. And at that point, I was like, "Just get me there." It was uh, it was quite a bit, and uh, it was a long drive after a while. But it was uh, a really good experience. A lot of beautiful scenery along the way, uh, going through Montana, Illinois, uh, Wisconsin too, and uh, some beautiful states there. You get to wake up in the morning and go to the Hockey Canada offices. When you walk inside, let's talk about what you're doing with Hockey Canada. Yeah, it's pretty surreal, honestly. Um, we're up at uh, the Canada Olympic Park, so a lot of the um, a lot of Olympians train there and whatnot too. So you see a lot of bobsleighers and whatnot uh, come in, and everybody's training in the gyms. Uh, but you no, know, it's very surreal. You uh, you see guys there from you know old World Juniors and the Olympics and stuff like that. And the honestly, the one some of the best parts is seeing excellent knights. You know, you see pictures of Robbie Thomas, you see pictures of Evan Bouchard, and. Uh, and all those guys who have played for Hockey Canada programs before, and uh, it's a pretty cool experience. Joey just gave a nice shout-out to Robbie Thomas, because you never know when you come back to London when you're going to cross paths with a Stanley Cup champion. Robbie, things are good? Fantastic. Never been better. Yeah? No, you've already had your day with the Stanley Cup. We know that you filled it up with Oreo Blizzard. Have you eaten a Blizzard since? No, actually, I haven't. I, will you will you be able to eat one? Because, I mean, you're a big fan. You're, you're an ice cream guy. I, so I Robbie was a smarty kind of guy. 
Did you choose the Oreo? Yeah, big ice cream guy, big Oreo Blizzard guy. But you'll never eat another Blizzard quite like that one. It's the best one you'll ever have. <laughs> <laughs> Robbie, good luck today. Thank you. <laughs> Joey Poljanowski with us with Hockey Canada. You just got back from the Halinka Gretzky tournament, and that took you overseas. So uh, there's some travel with this job. Yeah, absolutely. I've been in Czech Republic twice now, um, and it's, again, a beautiful country. And uh, we, uh, we had a great team. The O2s is a good, uh, it's going to be a good draft class this year. And they, uh, you know, a lot of really good players. We had a great coaching staff. Um, a lot of London locals, actually. We had Mark Packwood, used to be an athletic therapist of the Knights. We had uh, Chris Chant, a surgeon here in London as well. Uh, so it was a great group of guys. Uh, we had a really good time. And, uh, you know, we came up a little bit short there. We ran to a hot goalie in Russia. But uh, beyond that, I couldn't have asked for a better time, better group of people. And it was a, it was a great experience. Now, great experience because it, you learn an awful lot. People have to realize... Hockey Canada is first class all the way, but a lot of what's going on behind the scenes makes it that way. And one of the challenges that you can have in going to certain European countries is finding food that hockey players will like to eat. These are teenagers. They can be picky eaters. How do you do that? Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's a great question. It's, uh, it's pretty difficult, honestly, especially with the language barrier and dealing with the hotel and trying to get you know, the proteins and the carbs that the players need. A uh, big issue there for us was water, and it was ice. A uh, big thing in Europe is carbonated water, which uh, our players don't usually like. Uh, ice as well. Ice is actually more expensive. Ice and water are more expensive than beer and wine in the Czech Republic. So, uh, Ice and water. Yeah, 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 actually. So it was really hard to find. We found one gas station that was about 10 kilometers away from the rink, and that was the only place we could find ice, actually. Um, and so in the Czech Republic, it was plus 30 every day, really humid. Um, and uh, so we were buying water. I think we bought about 200 bottles of water a day for the players to make sure they're hydrated and uh, ready to go for all the games. Wow. And then... The tournament was an exciting tournament. Canada got close. I mean, real, real close. What was that gold medal game like when Jean-Luc Foudy, Liam Foudy's brother, made it 3-2? Yeah, you know what? It was pretty intense. I was standing between the benches at that point, and uh, we were out playing them. We were, had them pinned in their end um, to the point that there was actually fog. The rink was so warm. It was 24 degrees in there, and uh, the fog was actually starting to uh, start at, the, at our end. So our goalie was sitting there in fog, and we are playing on the other end, and so I was a little bit nervous that they ever came down our end that he couldn't see the puck or anything. But it was really intense. Uh, it was a good atmosphere there too. We had uh, we had them we had them going there, and uh, their goalie made some pretty good saves. Uh, John Luke Foodie is you know he's probably one of the fastest players in the world at his age, and he was zipping around. And uh, you know we had guys like Quentin Byfield and Hendrik Lapierre, and they're all playing really well. And uh, you know he thought it was going to come just like it did against Sweden and uh, the, the the semifinal game, but it didn't end up happening. And you know our guys are pros. They uh, we are Cole Perfettis and. And our players like that, uh, they, the Ryan O'Rourke's, they all kind of bought into the roles with Hockey Canada. Uh, you know, they played the Canadian way, and uh, we couldn't have asked for a better, better group of guys. So what's next for you? You know what, actually, uh, so I get back to Calgary, and I'll find out what's next. We have the Spangler Cup coming up. We have the World Juniors, obviously, with Mark Dale, Chris Matten. Joey Paul Janowski getting set for all of those things and more coming out of the London Knights organization, now a member of Hockey Canada. We'll take a break. We still have one guest left, London's own Mitch Vandesample, as we wrap up London Live from the Knights Charity Golf Tournament at Fire Rock. This is London Live on Global News Radio 980 CFPL. The London Knights are raising money for St. Joseph's Hospice today. We had an opportunity to catch up with a Londoner 
who spent his junior career with the Oshawa Generals before coming over to the London Knights and now has spent a couple of years playing pro in the Islanders organization, Mitch Vandesample. And Mitch talked about what pro hockey has been like. Uh, it's been crazy. I mean, it's a, it's a really big adjustment just going from junior. I mean, my last year I got to live at home with my family and my parents, and then next thing you know I'm on my own trying to cook meals and uh, yeah, it's been good though. I mean, it's been a learning curve, but other than that, it's been awesome so far. So you've been cooking for a couple of years now. It seems like it's still a little challenging, or is it getting easier? It's getting easier. It started out with a lot of crockpot dishes and putting stuff in in the morning and letting it be ready when we got home. But I mean, now we I have three roommates, so it's gone pretty smooth. And uh, yeah, I've been learning a lot more, so I've been cooking a lot. Any signature dishes? You watching Food Network a lot? Uh, no, I just Google. <laughs> okay, so what? Give us an idea of what you're cooking. Uh, our house, we eat a lot of. We do steak once, twice a week, depending on game days, and then we'll make uh, seafood pasta once in a while. Um, I'm just trying to think on what we actually do because we take turns cooking, so that's usually what I make, but. Other than that, it's my skills aren't that good yet. Oh, the skills on the ice are fantastic. Talk to us a little bit about how that's been going and, and the transition and kind of some of the challenges that you have in, in transitioning to pro. Yeah, and I just from my experience playing in the OHL, uh, I was always a good skater. And, um, you know, if a guy had beaten me or something, I could usually try and catch him or I'd have a good chance of it. And... I think it was like my first, within my first 10 games, like you just kind of get a real taste of what pro is all about. And the guys that are you're playing against are grown men and they're strong and they're fast. And that's just part of it. And it just opens your eyes a bit just to see how good the league is and trying to get to the NHL. And all of you are looking to do that. The dynamic on a team, how do you manage that? The fact that, yeah, you've got a defense partner or partners, but at the same time, you're all trying to impress so that you get that call. So in a way, you're competing against each other. In a way, yeah. I mean, that just makes practices more competitive, and that's how it's been the past two years I've been there. And I mean, at the end of the day, if your team succeeds, then everyone on the team will succeed. So, I mean, we've had a good group down in Bridgeport, and... Uh, it's always been team first, and when the team succeeds, and individuals will succeed. The parent organization, the New York Islanders, they've been succeeding too. They went a long way last year. Do you guys watch that pretty intently? Yeah, we were following it pretty closely, and then uh, once we got knocked out of playoffs, and we were black acing for them, and we were watching the game every night all together. So it's uh, it's a good thing they got going down in New York, and uh, it seems to be the only way is up. And they got a good program going with Barry and Lou and. Uh, yeah, we're looking forward to the future. When you look at being that black ace, that's kind of one of those next steps where you know you, you get called up, you get to be one of the ones that they really want to show what it's like. What are you seeing in the midst of pretty intense playoff runs? Yeah, we, we were only there for a week last year before they got knocked out, but and they, we were still in Bridgeport, so we didn't actually end up going to New York. So, but I mean, we were with the same coaching staff, and then one of the development guys came down, so it was. Uh, it was good and it was fun and we got to watch all the games so it felt like you were part of it. You missing Junior at all? Yeah, I am. can't lie. I mean, uh, all the guys you meet and you end up staying friends with. I mean, I was only in London for three months and 
I have guys on the team that I still talk to to this day, and I'm, I consider really close friends. So, but yeah, I miss Junior for sure. You still get that Memorial Cup ring. That'll always be there. Yeah, I can't take that away. <laughs> Before we let you go, just just some memories of, of winning the Memorial Cup because you did it in such dramatic fashion. Knights fans know what it's like to win a Memorial Cup in overtime. You guys did that too. What do you remember from it? I remember just the game being so intense and chances were going back and forth and I mean you're holding your breath every time someone's shooting and I can remember we had one or two chances that they had against us where our goalie made an unbelievable save or someone blocked a shot and you're sitting there thinking it could all be over and you've worked all year for this and you don't want to come this far to lose and then we ended up getting a, an opportunity and it went in and then after that it's history.